to introduce everyone to our Bay Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm uh, Pastor Nick Plummer, and uh, with me is Ryan Cabrera. And uh, we want to accomplish a couple things. Uh, one of the things we'd like to accomplish is to uh, really promote the uh, the Torah portions, and then we also would like to also share about our community and the exciting things that are happening with that as well. But uh, Today's topic is that, you know, one thing that really stands out within the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith today uh, is the Torah and how it is relevant for today. So today's subject matter is going to be an introduction uh, to the word Torah, Torah itself, the content of Torah, and uh, of course, how it's relevant for today. Uh, I know Ryan and I are trying to find ways to share the gospel, to share the good news, to share revelation, and I've discovered a way uh, of teaching Torah in under five minutes. Uh, and so I'd like to share that with, with the listeners. The first time that the word law is mentioned, of course, in regard uh, to the first five books of the Bible is in Exodus twelve forty nine, And I'm going to read that. Uh, One law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Notice that. One law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. So Torah is really for for everyone that wants to adhere to it. Uh, And so the word law in the Strong's Concordance uh, in reference to the first five books of, of, of the Bible is number 8451. It's the Hebrew word Torah. Torah. Isn't that incredible? Torah is a Hebrew word. And it means a precept or statute, especially the Decalogue or Pentateuch. Once again, we are referencing the first five books of the Bible. Now, what's really interesting about this Hebrew word Torah, which comes from the word law, is that it comes from, uh, in the Strong's Concordance, number 3384. It is the Hebrew word yara. Yara, and it means the following. Now check this out. Here's what Torah really means, the root meaning, if you want to get to it through the Hebrew word Yara. It means to flow as water, i.e. to rain, right? To flow, to flow as water. It means to lay or throw, especially an arrow, i.e. to shoot. So keep that in mind, to lay or throw, especially an arrow, or to shoot. So we want to hit the mark, Missing the mark is not having the teachings and instructions of the Torah. It actually is, is actually we're in sin when we miss the mark. Uh, figuratively, it means to point out as if by aiming the finger. So we know that the stone tablets that were given to Moses were written by the finger of God. We have this saying, is that written in stone? We say, yes, it is. So figuratively to point out as if by aiming the finger. Uh, Yara also means to teach inform or to instruct. So this is what Torah means in and of itself. And that is, of course, uh, the advantage that we have. So let me run through this again real quick here. Uh, It comes uh, from the Hebrew word yara, the word Torah, to flow as water, i.e. to rain, to lay or throw, especially an arrow, i.e. to shoot. We always want to hit the bullseye. We want to hit the target. Figuratively, uh, to point out as if by aiming the finger. Uh, to teach, inform, instruct. We've heard terms about the law has been done away with and this and that. Well, we, we might want to reconsider uh, that little statement and make sure that uh, we understand exactly what we're to be instructed in or, or for. Um, I know Ryan and his family have been with us and uh, 
they have children and everything. And we're, we're teaching this to our community. We're sharing this even as, as evangelists for the Torah. But Beit Tehila is currently in its 19th Torah cycle, which began in the fall of 1999. Imagine that. Since 1999, we as Christians that have our Hebrew roots have been actually going in into the Torah. And, uh, and so we, we are just so excited that we're, of course, in our 19th Torah cycle and uh, looking forward to all the things that we can, of course, glean from that. And just a little reminder for all of you that are listening. If you don't know, the first five books of the Bible, uh, the Torah, are actually broken up into Torah portions. So we are actually celebrating the 19th Torah cycle, going into a brand new cycle. We're going to be going into Bereshit, which is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, all the way through chapter 6 and verse 8. And that's going to begin, actually, this Shabbat. Uh, we're going to be starting a, a brand new Torah cycle. And so we're excited about that. And, and the cool thing is, here we, we as Christians have the Torah, and we are actually on the same Torah portion as the Jewish people, as the synagogue, all around the world. Every synagogue will be on Bereshit. Isn't that incredible how we're literally all on the same page? So, you know, that's the, that's the thing that, that we need to be thinking about. What do you think, Ryan? I agree. I think uh, today's a very exciting day because today is Simchat Torah, which uh, means the joy of Torah. And so it's so funny how uh, we uh, in the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, studying the roots of our faith, have a different outlook on the Torah than say your average Christian who is going to your average evangelical church like I did for many, many years. Uh, And so what we're kind of told, or at least if we're not outright told, or at least implied that there's something bad about the Torah, that it's bondage or that it's... Right. A lot of it's ignorance. Right. And so what happens is we end up having this negative thought about the law or the teachings and instructions of God rather than cherishing it. And I mean, the Jewish people, for goodness sake, have a whole holiday devoted to the joy of Torah, right? Uh, and it actually reminds me of Psalm 19, uh, 7 through 11. And I'm actually going to go there because I think that Psalm 19 is such an awesome psalm. This is a, a psalm of David. And this is what uh, David says uh, about the Torah of God. He says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them is great reward. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I don't get any inkling that there's anything negative about God's commands, the Torah, the law, or anything like that. It sounds to me like by them, right, is the servants of God. I would consider myself a servant of God as a believer in Yeshua, in Jesus Christ. Uh, I would consider myself a servant of God. And that it says here, in keeping the teachings and instructions of God, when that's really the, the root, right, when we get down to it, what Torah is, the teachings and instructions of God, that there's great reward. Imagine that. No, you know, it's exciting because, you know, I think that we uh, are having opportunities to start to build relationships up with the Orthodox Jews, whether they be local or around or in Israel. Uh, But I think that uh, by actually doing these things, uh, it's actually going to bring about the the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Um, 
the thing that I want to remind everyone is if we go back and, and look at this concept of Torah, we can find uh, four different ways in, in which the Torah has been given to us. And it's quite exciting to say the Torah has been done away with, the law has been done away with, is, is really, I think, done out of ignorance. So if you, if you really do your own investigation and your research, you're going to see that firstly, uh, we can discover that the Torah was given orally to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden uh, through, through God's instructions. You know, he instructed them what to eat what tree not to eat from, and that's where we made a mistake. So we do have the uh, the oral Torah. We can see that uh, handed down. Secondly, it was given on uh, stone tablets to Moses uh, on Mount Sinai for the children of Israel, so by the finger of God, uh, and it was actually uh, put into the ark as a testimony. It's called the testimony. So first of all, the Torah was given orally. Then secondly, it was uh, given on stone tablets. And then we can see that, uh, thirdly, it was written on parchment or lambskins as a Torah scroll. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, a Torah scroll has 40 different sheets of, uh, of, 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 of lambskins. So think about that. So it was written on parchment or lambskins as a Torah scroll. We know even today we have our, uh, thank God for the Gutenberg Press, we have the Bible today. And uh, we can go on BibleGatewayCrosswalk.com. We can just print out chapters of the Bible, the Word of God, and have it. Even in our in our Bibles, you know, and uh, I love the saying, a, a Bible in the hand is worth more than 10 on the shelf. So what's exciting and the phenomenon that's happening right now, Ryan, is that fourthly, the Torah is currently being written on minds and hearts today all over the world. This phenomenon is happening. I'm going to share some verses with you because uh, there's no other way of explaining this except through through, uh, through God's spirit. In Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34, I'm going to read. Uh, this is what the prophet Jeremiah says. And by the way, if you go back to the beginning of Jeremiah, he was a prophet called to the nations because he knew, God knew that his people would be scattered, that one day we would read these things and these things would start to come to pass. So I'm going to start Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 31 through 34. And this is the phenomenon that's happening right now. You need to memorize these scriptures. These are golden nuggets right here. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, that's a key verse right there in verse 33. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law, my Torah, in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. You know, now, let I me mean, think about it, Ryan, real quick here. Uh, this cross-reference is found in Hebrews 8, uh, 8 through 11. So after those days, he's going to write Torah, Minds, and Arts. Those days are here, Ryan. I agree. We've been in for almost 19 years now. He's doing it. No, it's a miracle that uh, somebody like me, uh, who is, you know, your average Christian from the nations, uh, is not only, you know, keeping the Torah, but found a love and a joy in the commandments of God and things that, you know, were traditionally thought of or passed off as, you know, quote unquote Jewish. Uh, and really what they are is they're godly, right? 
that they're not something that we can attribute to uh, one group of people, but that God gave them as a gift, right? That he's kept them through the faithfulness of one group of people, but has given them for all mankind. And so it's, it's something to where we really miss the boat and we miss out on a blessing and a benefit when we say that, you know, we're not going to keep the Torah, you know, not necessarily because it's legalism. Legalism, right, is the the uh, keeping of man's traditions, right? Because we can create traditions. Man's commands, yeah. Right. We can create, you know, fences around the commandments of God. We can make it more difficult. What did, what did Jesus say? He said that my yoke is easy, right? My burden is light. Uh, the point here that he's making is not uh, that not to keep his commands, right? He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands, right? Uh the point he's making there is that when we uh, follow him, right, that we will want to keep his commands. Well, which commandments did Jesus write? Do you do you know the answer to that? Because to love the Lord the God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors, love yourself. I found that command in Deuteronomy. So does that mean he wrote all of Deuteronomy? You know, I mean, I guess that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Was 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 Jesus on Mount Sinai? Right. I mean, these are all things that we can go and we can explore further and probably have much more in-depth conversation right. than we oh, have yeah. time for today. But when you consider the fact that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Right. That Gen- or, uh, John 1, 1. That's right. That he is the foundation, that everything that has substance and everything that exists was created by him and through him. And nothing that has ever existed existed without him means that he was there in the beginning. Bereshit. And it just so happens on Simchat Torah this Friday night. Uh, for this Shabbat, we're going to be opening our Bibles to Genesis 1-1 yet again for Beit Tehillah. It's the 19th time. I think for me, it's the fourth or fifth. I'll actually have to go back and, and, and figure out exactly how long I've been doing tour cycles. But uh, I think that's really exciting that every year we get to go back and we get to start over with God, a fresh, clean slate and say, you know what, God, I'm going to start back and I'm going to look at this again from a new perspective because you brought me to this point yet again, you know, and, and rejoice in that fact. You, you know? know, Ryan, if we just stop and this is what I share with my pastor friends or, or my Christian friends or whoever wants to have a conversation, you know, in reference to Jeremiah 31, after those days, he's going to write Torah minds and hearts. It is truly a phenomenon. It is. Uh, if you go on the worldwide web, if you go on there, if you go online and you look at social media, you're, you're going to see people are sharing the Torah. Now, we know that we have this expression, Torah terrorists, and that's not what it's meant for, you know, or pull out your scripture bullets and shoot everybody in the room. You know, it just it just doesn't work like that. You know, um, we don't have to. We get to. And, and like I said, you know, the, the Torah is going to do two things, Ryan. Number one, uh, it instructs us and teaches us. You know, and we do have the Ruach HaKodesh. We do have the Holy Spirit to guide us. You know, Amen. I haven't done an, an, an in-depth study on each one of the commandments, 613 commandments, and broken them down in, in a very, you know, precise way. But I will assure you this, over 200 of those uh, are in regard to the temple. And that's a whole other subject for later. But the bottom line is that, you look at the things that we, we get to do, you know, that we that we enjoy doing. And, and so if the Torah does two things, one, it instructs and teaches us, what else is it going to do? I'll tell you, Ryan, it's going to show us what sin is. So when we say the Torah has been done away with, the law has been done away with, then we don't know what sin is. So, so I'm just going to share one reference here in, in 1 John uh, 3, 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. What? So how do I know what sin is unless I read the Torah, unless I get into the first five books? Well, didn't Paul, wasn't Paul the one that said the law was done away with, but then he also said that we shouldn't go on sinning? 
Yeah, you know, that's the whole thing. You know, faith without works is dead. But, but the <laughs> that bottom, was James. I know, but I'm just saying that the bottom line is that we just need to grow up. We need to investigate. We need to check it out. You know, even Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, don't argue over the Torah. Yeah. We're not to argue over it. We're not to, to make the church do the Torah. We're not here to, to criticize the church in any shape or form. We're here to be God's people that he's calling out of the nations. Yeah. So if he's requiring us to do this, then it's our obligation to, to actually do it. And, and, I, and as I flip in the Gospels, uh, and I love this, uh, I love this uh, particular reference from Yeshua in Matthew 5, 17. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I call this the uh, Yeshua gives an incentive in having the Torah in your life. Amen. Uh, you know, how many of you, if you're doing something for 18 years, it's probably working. And that's what I would say for the Torah in our community. So let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. It says right here. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill, right? For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So there's a great incentive for us to live it, to teach it. You will be greater in the kingdom. He said it, not me. What a great incentive that we can, we can look at this, you know, especially in the times in which we're living, which is a bunch of lawlessness. So what is the opposite of lawlessness but to be lawful? Right. So Order, once again, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the paradigm, it's the perspective of how you look at the Torah. Amen. Well, and the question we have to ask ourselves uh, is, if this is, if we're in the kingdom of God, does the kingdom of God have structure and order? And if so, from where do we derive that structure and order on earth, right? Is there any place that God has given us teachings and instructions that we might be able to figure out how the kingdom is going to work? Uh, one other thought, uh, I, I know you have your keyword study Bible there. You'll find in uh, Matthew five seventeen. 17, uh, you know, it's funny that we, uh, from our perspective, read that verse and we say, that that verse means Yeshua said the the Torah is not done away with, that we, we should keep the Torah, that we should use the Holy Spirit to guide us in giving us the ability to not only keep the Torah, but interpret it properly, right? Because if we won't interpret it properly, we have to use the Gospels. What did what did Jesus say, right? Um, but that word is pleru in the Greek. And I'm not fluent in Greek, but my strongest concordance says that when I read pleru, it means to fill up, to overflowing, to cause, to abound, to supply liberally, right? So in other words, when Jesus is saying, I came to fulfill the Torah. He didn't say that I came to fulfill it to get rid of it, as many people would have you believe. He said, I came to supply it to you liberally, meaning I want to give you bunches and bunches of it, right? So that's the exact opposite uh, idea as what the average Christian, I think, gathers from that verse because many of our Bibles, the commentary in our Bibles tells us, oh, this means that Jesus didn't come to... Uh, to destroy the law by fighting it, uh, he came to destroy the law by fulfilling it, right? And so what does that mean to fulfill the law, right? Well, in this case, it means to cause it to abound and to supply it to you liberally, right? 
Oh, I think so. And I think the thing that we got to remember is this, you know, the enemy loves to make accusations. Oh, yeah. We are justified by the finished work of the cross. Amen. And now we're being sanctified, okay, separated unto him. Now now the sanctification process is coming into play. But do we really want to be sanctified? Well, <laughs> we, we do. But, but see, we'll be accused of works for salvation. Oh, yeah, no. Right that's, away. Oh, that's well, garbage. You, you believe in works for salvation. And we yeah. say, no, we, we do not. We are justified by the finished work of the cross once and for all. But now we're being sanctified or set apart. Uh, I also find it interesting. I, don't, I want to make this point very clear. That's all about a person. Amen. It's all about Yeshua. But in John 5, uh, 36 through 40, we have this reference about searching the scriptures to find eternal life. That's what Yeshua is referencing. People would actually to, to try to do. But let's, let's look at verse 39. It says, search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. Wow. So when the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, it was the Torah. It was the Torah that, that took on flesh and came and, and, even the woman wanted to reach out and touch his tzitzis because there would be healing in his wings. And that's a reference from the prophets. But but the bottom line is that our eternal life is in a person, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. And and like I said, uh, we, we don't worship, okay? We don't worship the teaching. We worship the teacher. And it's life-changing. And if, if any time we ever needed the Torah, it would be today. Hallelujah. I know I agree with that. And, you know, I've never really heard it put that way. Um, you know, that verse about searching the scriptures for eternal life. Uh, but they are them which testify of me. I mean, how true is that? That, you know, salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. Yeshua HaMashiach, his Hebrew name. And that when we take our eyes off of that, that, you know, in the Hebrew to the Christian faith, um, you know, there is a tendency sometimes that people to get puffed up with knowledge, which is why you mentioned not using the Torah against anyone else. The Torah is really for us. I mean, Yeshua himself said, you know, judge not lest ye be judged, right? Uh, the Torah is first for us to look at ourselves. He said, you know, you're, you're looking at the speck in your brother's eye, but you have a plank in your own eye. Well, how are we going to know that we have a plank in our own eye or a speck in our brother's eye if we don't have the Torah to tell us, right? Uh, and some of us can say, oh, the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit will get you so far as to uh, what your interpretation of what it's telling you is. But we have a black and white uh, foundational doctrinal uh, document that we can reference to each other that we're all playing by the same set of rules, right? And that we can jump from that foundation off. And we have so much more fulfilling things when we when we have the substance itself, right? And the substance is Yeshua. He is the walking, living, breathing Torah, which is why if we want to interpret the Torah properly, we have to look at what he said and not necessarily, you know, the ancillary things or, or doing it on our own. I, I think, you know, that's a good point because the bottom line is that the son of perdition is coming. There will be an antichrist. Amen. And he will be the antichrist. He will be the offspring of Satan. And so as we begin to look at the times in which we're living in, uh, we can see a, a lot of things happening that are, that are not trending in a good way. But uh, the Father has his remnant, and so he is calling us out. And I believe that there are just good days ahead, good things ahead. And, uh, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else, of course, will be added unto you. And so we just want to um, thank all of you for, for listening and um and just tuning in because this is, a, you know, a grassroots movement. This is a ground level, ground zero here. Uh, Ryan has inspired me along with Pastor Russell that we've got to do a, a weekly podcast. And so uh, we're going to be doing this on a regular basis. And we want to just tell you that we're going to be promoting the uh, 
weekly tour portions and things that are going on in our community. So this is uh, really our first podcast. We want to thank all of you uh, for listening. And uh, like I said, if you'd like to tune in or uh, uh, email us uh, or, or email me personally, Pastor Nick at twopraise.net with questions or concerns, we'd love to hear from you or uh, info at twopraise.net. But contact us and email us or call, call the office and let us know that uh, that you're enjoying the podcast or that you have questions or whatever. But And tune into our live streaming if you're if you're out of state or not local. And also, you know, just look at the uh, the opportunity to come and visit uh, a real uh, congregation that teaches the Hebrews of the Christian faith. And uh, I'm going to ask Ryan to just close us in a prayer. And we just speak blessings over everyone in Yeshua's name. Gracious God, we are we're so thankful to have the opportunity to, to praise your name, Lord. We're in a free country here in America, and uh, we do have a, a great opportunity to put ourselves at your feet, Lord, and submit ourselves to you. So we want to be good stewards of the gifts that you've given us and, uh, and, and to uh, keep your commandments and your word, Lord. We want to be submitted to your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lord. So uh, right now we praise you, we honor you this day. Send to our Lord, as we celebrate the joy of your teachings and instructions. Your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen.